Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another edition of The Link. I am so glad you joined us today. To all the Woodside family and friends, we say a special welcome. And maybe we've been a part of your spiritual growth and development, and you're not a Woodsider. We're so grateful to fill that void for you, and we invite you to connect with us. If we could be a blessing to you in any way. Today, we're going to have a great conversation, and it's all about friendships. You know, when we think about how we grow spiritually, how we can leverage our influence in the lives of others and have others influence us, one word comes to mind and that is friendship. I think there's a, an underestimated doctrine of scripture about friendship, so much that the Bible gives us both by prescription and description. And we're going to talk about that. And I've invited a few friends to help us to have this very important conversation. First, Miss Lauren Frith. Lauren is a longtime Woodsider. Her husband, Andrew, uh, helped to start our Royal Oak campus, was campus pastor there. You're currently serving as a life group leader at our Royal Oak campus, and uh, we're so grateful for your impact there. You have three amazing children, and uh, you can say a big shout out if you want to them as well. Hopefully they watch the episode, but we're so grateful for you, Lauren. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Also joining us today is Barrett Weimer. Barrett goes to our Farmington Hills campus, yes, sir. was on staff there for a while. You and your wife, Stephanie Rock, and uh, do a great job in building community and friendships and relationships. And I know you're fully vested in seeing churches thrive and reach many people for Jesus. Barrett, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, let's have a fun conversation, but an honest conversation about friendships. I'm gonna try my best to make each of you cry before it's all said and done. But I, <laughs> but I wanna start though, uh, Lauren, with uh, the different types of friendships because friendships now have kind of evolved. They come in all shapes, sizes, and spaces. So talk a little bit about the taxonomy of friendship. Yeah, well, I think it can be thought of in concentric circles, right? Where you have your outer layer of friendship. We're all, most of us are on social media. We have friends, we have followers. I mean, and there's a lot of them, you know, hundreds possibly. And uh, so, so that's way out here, but it doesn't get into your, your everyday life. Um, more or less. So then you move in a circle and I think you've got then those people that you share experiences with. Yeah. So this could be a neighbor, it could be a coworker, it could be the other parents on the sideline of your kid's soccer game, right? Um, and there's fewer of those than your social media friends probably. And then you move into the next circle and then you've got people that you, you share life with. And um, you see on a regular basis, and there's you know, fewer even of those. And then really, in the church, we have a, kind of a next layer or a layer that, that covers it all in that we're not just friends, we're family, right? Yeah. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And so even if um, our experiences change, our life circumstances change, um, the, the soul connection that we have because we're family in Christ um, you know, last through all of that. So it's really a blessing as, as believers to add that layer to friendship. Yeah, I like to think about that in, in concentric circles. I think that's a great kind of model of intimacy. But you use some pretty scary words. I think about Barrett in particular for the guys that are uh, watching us. You talked about intimacy, doing life together, all of those things. Maybe where I should have started is with the question of, why do we need friendship anyway? I mean, for a lot of people, think about it, you can do a lot of life without friends. I mean, there's Uber Eats. I don't even have to know anybody. I can order food to my doorstep. I mean, I can get Amazon to deliver everything that I want. I could literally go to a city and use 
you know, again, apps to get back and forth, go to a hotel or Airbnb, never have to interact with anybody. So functionally, our economy no longer is dependent upon relationship. So let's give an apologetic, Barrett. Why do we even need friendships? Well, I, th I mean, I think honestly, the, the, the biggest reason is because we are given that example by Jesus in scripture. Um, you know, kind of the uh, theology of friendship, if you will, we, we see it in the book of John. Um, John 15, where he talks about um, greater love have no, has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. Um, and he goes on to say that, that um, we didn't choose him, that he actually chose us and, and has given us a reason for friendship centered around love and, and the truth of the gospel. Um, and, and I think even further than that, we see examples of good edifying uh, friendships throughout the pages of scripture. You know, I think of, of uh, Jonathan and David, um, just a, a sacrificial friendship, um, even down to the point that, you know, Jonathan is, is killed and um, David offers to take in his crippled son, you know, to care for him, s sacrificing. Um, you know, Jesus models it a different way um, when he uh, has a relationship, a friendship, life on life, like Lauren was talking about, with um, the disciples. Um, and there was highs there, super high highs. He, send, he teaches them uh, all the things he has learned and heard from the Father and sends them out, teaches them how to do ministry. And there's low lows um, where he, he knows it's coming, but he sees his friends, um, you know, live in ways that are uh, a betrayal to him. Um, so I think, I think the fact that Jesus holds it in high regard um, and gives us examples of, of friendships functioning centered around the truth and the beauty of the gospel, I think we have to, uh, regardless of what it looks like, um, we have to value that as well. Man, I think about what you're saying and I just can't help but to wonder as a pastor, as a leader in the church, and all of us are, leaders in the church, where we lost that. Because it seems like somewhere along the way, we've lost that image or theology of friendship that the Bible gives us. I think about how radical it must have felt to the uh, disciples to hear Jesus say, I no longer call you servants, but friends. You know, out of all of the relational models, that he could have connected with them on, you know, master, servant, teacher, pupil, you know, he calls them friends. To me, that's, that's pretty powerful. And, and Lauren, I, you know, I don't expect you to speak for all the church, um, but I, I just wonder um, why is this not more prominent, you think, in churches? And maybe both of you guys can kind of ponder or guess, but it seems like we're really focused in on the church broadly on a lot of things, you know, service and, and ministry and reaching people and impacting people, and that's all great, but it seems like this vehicle of friendship has been right up under our noses. Why is it maybe not more prominent in the way that we go about doing life? Yeah, well, I think you referenced it earlier. I think our culture has has really emphasized um, individualism so much yes. um, in the West and in the United States. And I think um, that while we're encouraged to 
um, find friends on social media. Uh, we're also encouraged into um, using our media to be independent and to, yeah. to do things by yourself. So I do think that that, that definitely plays, um, plays a lot, a lot into that. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a premium put on hyper-individualism that somehow that, that communicates success or and strength. I, I think that also translates into the church in terms of discipleship. Yes. Um, I think that in the church, we have traditionally had a focus on individual discipleship yes. um, as opposed to communal discipleship. And so I don't think uh, we have built-in categories, at least we, we aren't seeing that a lot. We don't see categories for how do I follow Jesus with my brothers and sisters, yeah. as opposed to just me and my personal quiet time, um, me checking off the boxes. I went to my group. I did service. I did, you know, I think, um, I think we need to challenge each other um, to, to think what does it mean to follow Jesus together? that I'm not just praying by myself in a room, but I call a friend, right? It's so and awesome say, you that, you, that you say that because we just wrapped up a study not too long ago in our church on the book of Ephesians. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you just read it in the English translations, every time you see you, we're tempted to think he's speaking to us as individuals, right? You are God's workmanship, right? Uh, or uh, you are saved, not by works. You know, uh, but as he's speaking throughout Ephesus, he never uses you in an individual sense. He always uses the communal or the plural form of you. He's constantly thinking about them as a community, as a family of faith. And so I think that's an awesome insight, discipleship and community. Barrett? I, I think a lot of the way, and I, you know, think about this from, you know, the perspective I know in the church, which is of a guy, right, serving. And I think um, a lot of guys would tell you that it's that it's easier, or at least they believe that it's easier. Um, you know, I think we, as men, uh, you know, you mentioned the words that get scary to men, intimacy, vulnerability. Um, I think that uh, a lot of guys, they might not consciously say it like that, uh, but they can see those things as weakness. Um, you know, anything that I can't provide for myself makes me lesser, um, you know. Uh, and I don't think that's the good news. Um, and uh, I, I think that it's easy, though, to hide behind um, busyness. Yeah. You know, I think it's easy to hide behind um, importance. Uh, actually, as I was, there's a, there's a book that I'll share later uh, that's called Holy in the Suburbs or something like that. But I, it was really influential on me last year, and it included a quote from a Brendan Manning book that I, that I wanted to read that I think talks um, about that. And he says... Uh, our controlled frenzy creates the illusion of well-ordered existence. Um, we move from crisis to crisis, responding to the urgent and neglecting the essential. Um, and I think with the way Jesus talks about friendship, um, it's essential for not just for women, not just for people in the church, um, uh, but I think certainly more so for those of us that would, that would call um, Jesus our Lord and Savior is that it is essential that we, that we are doing life as a collective view, um, not just in a room in and we, isolation. And we see it in the Godhead, yeah, right? Absolutely. That God himself right from has the beginning. community yeah, absolutely. Um, among the, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're made in his image. Right. We're made to be relational. Barrett, you broke one of the rules of being on the link. You can't read quotes that convict me. Sorry, uh, sorry. But, uh, Nobody shared with me that man, one. <laughs> as, as you were reading that quote, 
you know, to be honest, friendship has been a struggle uh, for me. And, uh, and I think as I ponder on why it has been, it's not been for a lack of desire. Uh, I'm an extrovert, so a people person. I really do get energy from relationships. But it really has been the urgent being prioritized, maybe even over the important. Uh, it's the busyness, if you will, of life. And that's just uh, been, been one of the barriers. What are some of the barriers you guys uh, maybe have experienced in your own life or maybe you see as you talk to people or survey our culture that can prevent friendships from, from flourishing even when desire is there for friendships? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's um, intentionality. Um, you know, that's something that when I'm, uh, that's the definition of the word, right? When I, when I prioritize it, when I am intentional about it, I can pursue others with purpose. Uh, yeah, the older I get, uh, you know, the more introverted I become. I'm not, I'm not like you, I'm, I'm not an extrovert. And so I have to really pump myself up. Not that I dislike people, I love people, um, but it's easier, it's more convenient. It's definitely my preference to be a homebody. Um, and so I have to actively um, seek that out. I have to seek friendships out and be intentional because I know there is blessing and benefit there, and I know that we're called to that. Um, you know, you, you referenced, I think, earlier when we were talking a, 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 you know, a quote out of the book of Proverbs. Yeah, yeah, so this thought that he who wants friends must first show himself friendly. So this intentionality that if I invest in friendships, there is benefit there is reward that comes back from that, but I can't just expect that to happen. Yeah, I think something too that holds us back a lot is um, fear and insecurity. Yeah. Um, the fear that, you know, if I, if I initiate something and it's not reciprocated, you know, how am I gonna feel? Or I know I went through a phase where I really just talked myself out of reaching out to people thinking, oh, well, she's closer to that, she has close friends already, she doesn't need me. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of thing. And so it really just inhibited me from, from pursuing relationships. And it is risky in the sense that you have to put yourself out there and initiate with people and, and there is, you know, but, but you're never gonna, gonna make friends if you don't take those first steps. And, yeah, I think you could say it this way, that friendships are worth the risk, yes. right? Um, I think that all of us have that sense of fear Either that we're going to be rejected or that, man, once they really get to know me, they may not like me. Maybe they like the uh, kind of uh, front stage version of me instead of the behind the scenes version of me. But I don't think we can be fully matured if we don't have those people who see us not just front of stage, but back of stage as well. We need that for our own growth and development. So I, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, kind of, uh, you brought up uh, female relationships as a woman. You kind of alluded to earlier, Barrett, male relationships as a man. Let's talk about these same gender relationships and why they're so important in our lives. Lauren? Yeah, I think, um, I think as, as women, it's so important um, there's so many images we feel we have to portray um, in culture, but I think it's so key that to have other women that I can be authentic with, that I can be myself with, I can, I can go to on great days when I feel like I have it all together, and then I can call when nothing's together, <laughs> right? And, um, and I think you know we all want those people that we can vent to, um, but those, those women in my life who, who love the Lord and 
can point me back to the gospel. I mean, even while I'm crying on their shoulder, they're not afraid to gently say to me, but maybe you sin too, you know? Like maybe there's something else that you need to, to look at in your own life. And oh, it's hard to hear. It's hard to hear in those moments when I just want someone to agree with me and my perspective. Um, but you know, that, and I have a lot of friends who, who don't know the Lord and who are, are good friends to me, but wow, there's just something, you know, in those moments when I'm most raw, my soul needs to be um, pointed back to the grace that's that's found in the gospel of that's Jesus right. Christ, and and it's my Christian sisters who yeah. you know will do that. I, you know, I wish that premarital counseling number one was a law <laughs> that you had to go through it before you got married, and I wish that part of the premarital training was to say to couples, don't put all the weight of friendship on your spouse, because what you just described is something that we all who are married in particular. We all need, and singles need friendship too, and we'll get to that in a moment, but I think a lot of couples think, well, I'm married, I don't need friends, I have a spouse. Well, your spouse may not be able to say some of those tough truths that a friend can say to you, or maybe even communicate uh, to you in a way that you really need that maybe a spouse just can't, can't do. So I think that's, that's great. Barrett, what about guys? What do you want to say to guys about why we need friendship? Yeah, well, anything I say to guys, I'm saying to myself too. Yes. You know, um, like I said, it's, it's easier to not um, pursue that, I think, for guys because we can put our head down and we can lie to ourselves. Um, not to say that our work is not fulfilling and our roles um, are not fulfilling, but they're not the be-all, end-all. And the, the gospel shows us that we don't have to strive. And so I, I've been really lucky, blessed, whatever you want to call it, with just a great group of, of friends. Um, and just to kind of echo what Lauren said, like those guys, I love them. Um, and I'm so close with them, not because they always tell me what I want to hear. They're not yes men. Um, they will challenge me. They will pull me out of myself. Um, they will call me to check in. Um, they will ask how my spiritual journey is going. Absolutely. And I will do the same. And, and I think, um, you know, even though I can easily fall into the trap of saying, ah, I got this, um, like I mentioned, that's, that is not the good news. That is not the truth of the gospel. And they continually point me to nothing less than what Jesus would call. Yeah, not to cut you off, though. I just think about... How many times um, I in my own personal life, other guys I know, that when that accountability comes, that challenge comes, we're kind of tempted to run. So how's that kind of worked out in your life? And, you know, we, we often talk about the good side of friendships, but we all have had friendships that have kind of uh, been challenged or fallen apart. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a very real concern, um, but I don't think that that concern outweighs the blessing, blessing the benefit or the calling to, you know, have a higher standard for what friendship is. Um, I think of a time where, you know, my wife and I had somebody living in our home, and we loved that person, and, and he, he knows that. Um, but at the time, there were some things going on, and, um, you know, myself and some other brothers challenged him while he was in our home, and uh, eventually he moved out, and, you know, there was, there was a rift there. It wasn't all hunky-dory, and our, our relationship is not the same, um, but I hope and pray that the, the Lord and the Spirit will lead in smoothing that over. Um, but I, the relationship existed enough where I could levy that challenge. Uh, and I, I felt confident that it was 
you know, spirit-led in, in me. And so I trust that the Lord will do with that what, what needs to happen. You know? you know, it makes me think again of another scripture, uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend. You know, our responsibility in friendship is ultimately to honor Christ. One great book, and we're all going to mention resources, is Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And in that, he talks about how the cross is really the centerpiece of friendship. And if that is the case, and there are going to be times when we have to challenge our brother or our sister with a tough truth and risk it all. And maybe there is someone who's watching and a friendship has fallen apart and you're in that season of in between uh, the, the closeness and the tough conversation and maybe even restoration, but hang in there, be faithful to God and keep pursuing that person with acts of kindness and love as uh, Christ works on that friendship. All right, I, I wanna throw a, a kind of a curveball question, but it, it just came to me. We've been talking about friendship all this time assuming people know how to start them, assuming people didn't know how to go about pursuing them. But I also recognize that in a generation, Gen Z, young millennials, uh, where social media has been like the dominant form of connection, maybe this whole thought of how do you even get started with a friendship? How do you uh, initiate a friendship? So uh, Lauren, just imagine for a moment, you had a captive audience of young women who are asking that question. What's your response? How do you even get friendships started? Yes, that is a great question. I think, um, I think back in my life, and I think some of the deepest friendships that I've had have been through um, shared experiences in um, serving in the church, yeah. honestly, yeah. And, um, and then being in intentional groups um, through the church around God's word. Um, and, you know, and they can't just stay there. I've had seasons, too, where I check into small group, and we go deep, and we study the word, and then we check out, and I don't call anyone in the middle of the week, and I don't, and I expect that somehow the group is going to work its magic in my life, <laughs> and is I'm just going to poof, have friends, so I think that there's, it's, it's where you put yourself, the environments that you find yourself, you're going to find like-minded friends when you're doing the things that God has called you to do really in the church to study his word and to serve. But then it's gonna take some initiative um, on your part to seek out those people around you who, um, who you know you wanna be friends with. And so to put yourself on the line and say, hey, can we grab coffee after this Bible study, right? And to try to go deeper and even to do the things, um, the normal things of life with each other, right? To, to say, hey, I've gotta go grocery shopping on Friday do you want to come with me? <laughs> you know, maybe we could grab lunch before, but just kind of to, to blend life and friendship as much as possible rather than making friendship another box on the to-do list for the week. Yeah, that's so. great. You know, for guys, it's really uh, pretty easy, I want to say, and that is all we got to do is talk about sports, right? You just start talking about sports and instant friendship. I was walking through the airport a couple of years ago with my wife, and these guys were talking. I didn't know who they were. And then just kind of pulled me to the side and said, hey, we're having a discussion. Want to know your thoughts. Who's better, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? And we talked for about 20 minutes. And my wife was like, you guys are sick. You don't even know each other, right? Uh, but it takes more than that. So Barrett, again, imagine being in a room full of young guys. What do you want to tell them about starting a friendship? Yeah, well, honestly, I think that... Um I think that's a great place to start. I think capitalizing on the opportunities that God's already giving is, is a huge, I mean, my wife and I have seen so many blessings there with, um, you know, our kids are in public school. You know, we have some great friends that we've made that live 
in our neighborhood that, uh, you know, our relationship started because our kids were friends. Um, same with sports teams. That stuff, um, you know, the, the hope and prayer is that as they see the unity we share um, with our friends in the church, in the body of Christ, that they see the beauty of the body of Christ and want that. You know, that's the hope, right? Um, but I think that is such a slam dunk for guys and to capitalize on that. Now, obviously we wanna take it to that deeper place. We, we are called to do that, but um, it, we make it too hard sometimes. Um, you know, especially in the church, I think we, we feel like to uh, pursue somebody, we have to walk them down Romans Road. Okay. Uh, and it, hopefully, you know, eventually maybe there'll be an appropriate time that we get there, but to start, you're just uh, learning who they are, serving them, doing the things of life with them, a dinner, um, now, again, you have to be intentional, but, um, you know, I think we make it too hard. I think we put too many constraints on it. Um, you know, I know, I know that uh, I struggle with having things have to be a certain way, you know. Um, my life has to be a certain way, and I, I ebb and flow out of that, in, you know, in seasons, but, um, you know, the house has to be a certain way, or, or things have to be perfectly aligned, and it, just overcomplicate it. Um, you know, I think there are opportunities daily, if we're looking for them, to meet a new friend, to build a new relationship. Um, and we just have to take it as an opportunity, not just a, you know, a happenstance. So, so seize the opportunity, yeah. right? Be proactive in pursuing those friendships and relationships. And I think the other part of it is just be open to receiving friendship. Because oftentimes people are pursuing us for friendship and they keep getting a invisible no sign. Stay away, stay away. So I think being open for friendship. Now listen, I wanna close on this because we're, we're all married, but we weren't always married. And so hopefully you remember your single days. And I think that marriage is a, a great thing. I'm pro-marriage, in particular to my wife. Uh, I am pro-marriage, but um, I think there is a false message oftentimes that we see in two singles and that is that you won't experience fullness of, of, of joy, fulfillment. Uh, you can't have intimacy um, of, of heart um, unless you're married. And I think we need to debunk that myth that uh, you can be single and have uh, an awesome network of friends that bring deep meaning, fulfillment, satisfaction, and joy uh, to your life. Anything you want to say to uh, singles that are watching? Yeah, I think that's where the, um, the imagery of family yes. really um, steps in and helps us um, as members of the body of Christ, rather than putting each other in categories of married or single or with kids or without kids, right? Those are all human constructs. God says, you are my children and you are brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think that the more that we can live into that reality um, as Christians in the church, then it's not, oh, I can talk to that person because she's a woman, I can't talk to that person because he's a man and he's single, what will people think? And I think that, that if, we, if we instead think, that's my brother in Christ, yeah. I can ask him about his week, I can ask him how is he, um, how's he doing? How's he, you know, and, and we can talk as a group of siblings and encourage each other. I think that that just folds singles and marrieds all into camaraderie 
rather than segregating into categories. And um, I would just encourage those single brothers and sisters to, um, to study that more, to study what does it mean to be the family of God and how can I relate to, and everyone, I would encourage everyone to think that way. Um, but I think as singles in particular, um, people aren't just you know, dating material or not. Um, right. It's, it's um, yeah. who is who is who are these people as my siblings? How can I encourage them um, in that way? Spiritual family. I love it. All right. As we wrap up, Barrett, give me a resource really quickly. You would encourage people to yeah. check out. Um, the one that just really continues to challenge me. I think it talks about what friendship could be, how friendships as Christ followers can and should look different is the gospel comes with the house key uh, by Rosario Butterfield. Um, I am nowhere near a hospitality machine, um, but she challenges in a way that, that feels like, um, you know, I should be doing it, I could be doing it, I can get better. Um, it's a great resource. I would also say, it, like, as we're learning to talk to people um, through the lens of, you know, the gospel, uh, whether they're friends in the church that we're challenging and loving and sharpening, uh, where there are people outside of the church trying to process hardship, and we know we hold the greatest truth in our hands to offer them. Um, there's a book called Gospel Fluency that I think has been helpful for me about taking, and we're actually going through it right now at our Farmington Hills campus, all of us. Um, Pastor Jacob has asked us to do that, but um, it helps. For me, it's been super helpful as a reminder of, like, what are the ways that the gospel speaks to everything, everything that we encounter, and how can we encourage others with that? That's good. Lauren, quick resource. Yeah, I would say a couple if I can. Um, one specifically to the friendships of women is called Girls Club by Sally Clarkson. I'll read anything that Sally Clarkson writes. She is um, a very mature, godly woman who mentors me through her writing. Um, so I think that's fabulous. And then I would also say to the last point that we were talking about, um, brothers and sisters in Christ and, and single and married and how do we all work on those friendships. I just finished a wonderful book called Beyond Awkward Side Hugs. And uh, <laughs> great title. Great title. And uh, by Bronwyn Lee. And I would highly recommend that as far as just a theology of um, being the family of God to each other. That's really good. That's really good. I recommend a simple book called Them by Ben Sass. I think it talks really uh, uh, thoughtfully about how important friendships are to not only the fabric of the church, but our broader uh, personal development and our culture as well. So I think that would uh, be worth your read. So you got a, enough resources to get started on the way. What's most important as we come to the end of another year is for you to think through intentionally who God might be calling you into covenant relationship with and not to minimize friendship or think about it simply as a luxury, but as an essential part of God's call for your life. Lauren, can you pray for us? Yes, I'd be happy to. Lord God, thank you for this conversation about friendship. Um, thank you that it's rooted in your very character, in your very nature. You are a relational God, um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and you have made us in your image. Um, we crave friendship and relationship for good reason. Uh, because you want us to have it. You want us to pursue it. Father, help us to follow your lead, the, the example of Jesus in the scriptures, um, in pursuing people um, as our brothers and sisters for their encouragement and for our edification. Father, we pray that you would give us godly friendships. We pray that you would give us friendships with those who don't know you yet, and that by uh, demonstrating your love um, to them and for them, that they might come to know you 
um, as the very best friend that they will ever have. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Barrett, Lauren, thank you for joining. Friends, I hope that you've enjoyed uh, today's edition of The Link. Again, you can find out more in the postscript about the resources we recommend. And I really would encourage you to participate in group life. This is why we have it at all of our campuses. To find out more about our group life, you can do so by talking to your campus pastor, if you're a Woodsider, or by going to our website, woodsidebible.org. Also, we're in our temporary studios, as I've been sharing with you. Permanent studios are being built out right now. So if the link has been a blessing to you and you'd like to partner with us as we expand our impact and our reach, find out more in the link above about how you can partner with us on our vision to reach people through our digital platform. Until we're together again, friends, God bless and have a great day.